It's Cape Ann Report, and I'm your host, Maureen Aylward. Our topic is teen vaping, and my guests are James Cook, Gloucester High School principal, Vanessa Lanquada, who's a junior at Gloucester High School, and Amy Epstein, who works for the Department of Health here at the city of Gloucester, and she is the regional prevention director. Welcome to Cape Ann Report, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for having having us. Sure. Well, this is a very important issue. Obviously, it's being grappled with. It's an epidemic, uh, teen vaping across the United States. And in Massachusetts, even though there have been some serious steps taken um, and also addressed in the city uh, of Gloucester, um, I'm really excited about having all of you here to talk about it. Um, There's been a huge spike in vaping among teens, youth, even in middle school, high school students, and young adults. And so, Amy, I guess since you work for the health department and you have some statistics to share with us, let's start with you and giving us an overview of what not only the city of Gloucester is dealing with, but Cape Ann and high schools all over the place. Absolutely. So um, we've seen a huge spike in tobacco and nicotine use. Um, in the past few years. And just, in fact, from 2017 to 2018, um, uh, nicotine use by high school students has increased 78% just from Mm. the addition of vaping to the equation. Um, When students in 2017 were asked in Gloucester if they thought that vaping was harmful or there was a risk of harming themselves using e-cigarettes, 43% of middle school students said that there was none or a slight risk, and 52% of high school students thought that there was no or a slight risk of harming themselves. So um, it seems like it's coming strong. There's a lot of use, and there's also a lot of um, low uh, perception of harm. So people aren't understanding, students aren't really understanding, young people aren't understanding the harm that can be done when these jewel, these vaping pens, uh, they're highly addictive, the, the pods. Absolutely. Yeah. And we hear a lot of young people say, it's just water. Um, and we, mm-hmm. we know that's not true. Yeah, yeah no. Um, James, at the high school, uh, sure. what are you seeing right now? In turn, we'll get into some of the policies that Gloucester High School sure. has taken a little bit, but tell me what your perception is right now as um, as principal of Gloucester High School. Sure. So, um, so I can speak, uh, you know, about Gloucester High School, and I can also speak about some of the, uh, the kind of general North Shore patterns because the principals, when we get together, this is one of our topics that we're talking about. You know, what's happening in each building and what are we doing. So, you know, what, what, we've see, what we've all seen is we've seen this spike. We've seen this happen. Um, we've seen students become addicted. Um, as we've created policies, um, such as the recent, what, we, what we're calling the slowdown at Gloucester High School, um, as we, uh, that, um, you know, increase the monitoring on um, some of the common areas for vaping, such as bathrooms. What we're seeing is some of the addicted students really struggling to get through the school day because they have become addicted and maybe they thought there was a perception there wasn't harm um, and uh, at first and then the students find themselves in the middle of um, you know an addiction and then we're reaching out to families and and you know using our counseling resources to try mm-hmm. to get those students help but it's uh, it's a real struggle and it, it very much affects um, not only the students who are vaping but also other students in the school um, you know who have uh, really reached out to the administration and to teachers to help the concerned students help the students not get started vaping or um, 
you know, addressing the students who may be addicted. So when you're around the table with other principals mm-hmm. uh, in the North Shore area, what are some of those main mm-hmm. things that the, you're talking about, especially with vaping and you're talking about the statistics, you're talking about your students. Yeah. What are you finding yeah. are these like common threads? So some of the some of the things are uh, we're finding is um, how vaping is social, how it's something that students are finding. Um, again, maybe a, bath, a bathroom stall in the school or some areas where they can get together with their peers. Um, you know, and that's something we, we weren't seeing with the, you know, the small amounts of smokers that kind of remained in schools. We weren't seeing the social aspect. That aspect has definitely come back. We're seeing um, more athletes than we would have expected. You know, it's really impacted athletes because, again, you know, you're on teams. It's social. Um, and so that's something that was surprising to us at first, but we've been able to work with coaches to try to address that. And, you know, other schools are seeing some of the same things. Um, and then, um, as I said earlier, we're starting to see the addicted students. That's, a, that's, you know, so last year we had our first big spike. And then, you know, as the students have continued to use, maybe intensifying use over the summer months, um, you know, kind of seeing students who, re- who really need that. Um, and particularly as we um, intervene in ways um, to increase surveillance and to, you know, prevent the vaping from happening in the school day. You know, not stopping it entirely. We, we're, we're not naive. We know that. But we... Um, we know we've made it more difficult for students. Um, you know, there are students struggling who are addicted. Yeah. So, Vanessa, I, I want to turn to you as a student and see what you're seeing inside. But uh, in general, I think a lot of us know that teens don't like surveillance. They yeah. don't like having these kind of secretive things brought out into um, the, you know, air it. Uh, what, what are you seeing as a, as a junior and a student and how are, how are you reacting to this vaping epidemic? Well, um, the system at the school right now has definitely brought vaping down a lot during class time, but I definitely do still see it a lot passing time, Mm -hmm. lunch time, and you still see it, but it's just like, I guess not as much as it was before. Yeah, and how did you become aware that vaping was an issue in your peer group, or just even as as a student in the school? When did you start seeing this? happen and anytime you go to the bathroom you see people and you can tell they're addicted like they can't last like a class without going Mm -hmm. into the bathroom and doing these things Mm -hmm. and definitely they don't realize how like harmful it is um it's so popular because all the flavors that are available to them and friends are doing it so they want to jump in on it and they just believe that it's less harmful than cigarettes, but they really don't understand. Like, it's just as addictive, and they don't know what's inside the little yeah. pods. And I suppose even even though you're aware and educated on what the harmful aspects are of vaping, it probably doesn't matter if you tell a friend, right? Yeah. Are they going to react? Are you seeing that there's a reaction, or is it just like shrugging shoulders and... I feel like just they're in there. It's just like I I feel like it's a trend now and people don't really like care if it's the right thing or not. Uh, One of the things that the FDA has been cracking down on, and and I know uh, the attorney general has been looking into this, too, with the Juul manufacturer of Juul is looking at marketing at, 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 at teens, which has fueled really the explosion of mm-hmm. of it um, with teens in and on social media. And Vanessa, have you seen a lot of this on social media? Are people 
sharing things. And this is also yes. how, how oh, yeah. principals and coaches and parents find out mm-hmm. that their student might be yeah. or their I, child is. What do you think about that? That is definitely how a lot of kids do get caught because they post things on the weekends and mm-hmm. it's just like a, it's all over social media. Like any like popular accounts, you'll see it all over. And it's just like, it's everywhere. Like it's every teen all over the internet. Do you feel like you've been targeted by 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 this on social media? Um, do, do, did you feel any aspects of like thinking that this might be an interesting thing to try well, at the beginning? I feel like they try like all over social media. It's like marketed as like a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like a cool kids are the ones who are having these products and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Amy, you know, uh, from a health perspective. We know that vaping is addictive. We know that it's harmful to young people's brains as they develop. But also social media is also addictive. and hits ton of, ton of the same mm-hmm. uh, pleasure points um, in the brain. And uh, how are you, how, how, what are some of your responses to like not only the FDA ban, but um, some of these issues with social media and your work with teens? Absolutely. It's interesting. So one of the biggest things, we talk about a lot of social norms, right? So we have... Um, Students who might be non-vapers who will be looking through their Snapchat, for example, or looking through their Instagram, and they'll just see picture after picture after picture of young people vaping, whether it's people showing off that they're vaping, showing their vaping tricks, they can blow smoke rings, whatever it is. So to a young person that's not vaping and choosing to abstain, they're getting the impression that everybody is doing it, when even if they might not be, it looks like everybody is it's a because FOMO, they're right? so absolutely you everywhere you go. I mean, if you're looking at Snapchat and you're watching people's stories, every other story's got a vapor in it. You feel like, well, I'm missing the boat because mm-hmm. I'm not doing this. Um, and the other piece to remember is, you know, we're talking about young people in the teenage brain, and we all know that it's not finished developing till the age of 21. Um, the last part of the teenage brain to develop is the long-term thinking piece. So when we're talking about, and I know probably <laughs> folks who work with teenagers every day can are familiar with this, that when you're looking at something like vaping, you know, it's just fun in the moment, mm-hmm. and there's not going to be any long-term thinking about what that's going to mean for them. Um, And I think that having that inundation of social media and feeling that fake social norm, if you will, um, of having everybody's doing it, um, it really is influential to a young person. And it, it starts to feel like, well, maybe I'm not, you know, like everyone else. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're not with the in crowd or something. And there's also this the the wearables now there are all these wearables and hoodies and also marketing to teens um with with gear uh, have you seen this vanessa i'll go on instagram or anything and there's ads like they have little things to go on the back of your phone case that you can put your mm. jewel in there's ads everywhere hmm. where it's just like it's everywhere so every teen is seeing this and and so those don't come up on my Instagram, which means that there's some sort of, yeah. no, there's, they are looking for right. people in your age range yeah. and saying like, I'm going to show them the jewel cases. I don't, yeah. I don't see jewel cases yeah. on my Instagram mm-hmm. and I have, you know, family members who are trying to quit smoking with jewels. So, mm-hmm. you know, you'd think I would get triggered. Um, right. And the other interesting piece is um, I did recently just notice the jewel marketing 
is flipping. So if you look at the current commercials, it's people who are in their 60s yeah, who yeah. are smoking is not socially acceptable anymore. They're kind of flipping the script all the way around. Yeah, because they have to. Because they've right. been forced to. Yeah, they've been forced but to. But it's so obvious because you're so used to seeing. I mean, they were so obviously targeting kids that right. to see like a 60 year old woman say I'm 60 and I'm a jeweler. It kind of like it's almost puts the kibosh it's awkward <laughs> yeah like it really sticks out more now right. that they flipped it so much because you're so used to seeing this like really like young person marketed even if it's like millennials you know mm-hmm. you, you got colors you got fast moving things it's like for young people right and it's so noticeable the flip so yeah. james uh how are you reacting to some of these things or the social media marketing mm-hmm. the marketing to teens and what are your observations as principal Sure. So what we found is, find is really powerful. We find, you know, people like Vanessa, to the students, to be really powerful. And, and uh, many of the changes we've made in ways we've, uh, you know, started to rethink and, and address things come from talking to students. So, for instance, like the bathroom issues, it was like getting, you know, talking to students, figuring out what's happening, what did students want to happen. Mm-hmm. And that flips a little bit of what you were talking about, about the perception that everybody's doing it, because, you know, so we addressed in some of our you know, conversations with students and, and so on, letting them know that your peers don't like this. Your peers don't want to enter a bathroom and they're telling us this um, and trying to empower students to also have those conversations mm-hmm. with their peers. Not that they're always listening, as, as you said, but it starts the conversation and it pushes back. We're not going to be able to be effective pushing back on social media, right? You know, but we can be effective pushing back in the real school, in the in the place where we meet each other and see each other. Um, mm-hmm. That that this is not that that many people don't want this in the school, and it makes things difficult for students when their peers are, are using this space for for vaping and so on. Um, and and then I think the the other parts of it are also we like to reveal to students. We do this in our health classes and in other places. They don't want to be manipulated. Teenagers mm-hmm. hate when grown-ups are trying to do things to them. So revealing the manipulation, exposing it, how you're being used. You mean the marketing the to marketing, them. The marketing, exactly. Right, that that being you're being manipulated, you're being used company. by the company. Um, and, you know, by other peers who, mm-hmm. who want it to seem normal, who are going to sell to you, like right. we talked about, right? Yeah. How, that you don't have a vape, but we're, I'm going to sell you a hit on mm-hmm. the vape. Um uh, those sorts of things, revealing that, you know, empowering students um, so that you know, they can see through some of the ways they're being manipulated um, makes it less cool. Right? And, 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 a really, and, and it's also honest that they are, you know, it right. is that these things are designed, um, the jewel is designed in a way to be manipulative. The, the addictive qualities, the, the putting things in social media um, are designed to target students. I mean, flipping the message on mainstream media Teens aren't even looking at that anyway. No, They're not, not looking at, at Yeah, we'll those, see how that goes. Right? Yeah. You know, so it's, yeah. it's, is that a smoke screen, right? right. The cynical self. Sure. Me, that's sure. a smoke screen for adults. Probably. Right. <laughs> you know, and then behind that, there's still the, you know, as, as you said, you see it on your um, social media and online. Mm-hmm. You're still being targeted. So, James, tell me a little bit more about what you're doing as principal to the policies that mm-hmm. you're putting in place and, and also how the city has been assisting the schools. In addressing this, sure, yeah. So, I mean, the bit in the biggest way, um, we work really closely with the uh, student resource officer, Officer uh, Mike Skoll. In fact, I checked in with him before I came here, you know, to see any, you know, anything he would want to be included and in, in that sort of thing. So, we really partner with uh, the police department, particularly the SRO, um, 
around uh, being um, using uh, information, right? We're trying to inform as, as we've done here today. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also um, trying to have honest and real conversations with students about what they're seeing, which takes a lot of listening to students, both students who are vaping and, and who are not. Um, we've made um, some adjustments to make sure that our, our policies um, are, um, you know, uh, that, that there are consequences so that you know, those have some deterrence, but also looking to alternatives to suspension. Such as? Um, We've been involved in an initiative um, with some other area schools called Positive Alternatives to Suspension um, that we uh, were part of sort of forming at the beginning. We haven't sent any of our students yet, but over the second half of this year, we will be participating. So was Gloucester High School suspending students before Um, this alternative program came in? Is that what you were doing so that it's it's what so we have a, a matrix of discipline where um, for certain offenses, you know, of, um, uh, so possession and, and things, there are detentions, you know, a couple weeks of mm-hmm. you know, being after school um, with staff members. And then there are for more um, egregious violations, there, there are suspensions for um, for vaping. Um, at re-entry meetings and meetings with parents, we try to connect um, parents to organizations um, uh, such as Team 14 and, um, you know, looking into counseling um, for students who, who may have addiction problems. Um, and then part of um, a grant we've recently applied for for next year would include some of that counseling happening within Gloucester High School. Um, so so that, this alternative or this diversion, yeah. these diversion programs, and how, how helpful are these diversion programs for students? And Amy, I want you to come in right after yeah. James mm-hmm. so, and talk um, about that. Yes, yeah, so we've been um, talking with some of the area schools who have been sending students, so Beverly, Ipswich, um, and you know they're finding very few repeating students, students who, who take the alternative to suspension. Oh, great. So it seems like it's working. Yeah, yeah. And I think, well, you're, anytime you're addressing the underlying issue rather than, you know, so we're seeing, you know, a behavior, but what's underlying that behavior, what's leading to that behavior. Um, so um, that's not something that just a suspension does. That might be right. part of it, you know, having a student removed from school. But, you know, we want to make sure that we're addressing um, the underlying issues. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't exist at Gloucester High School, um, this this alternative diversion program right. to discipline. And it doesn't exist in Rockport either. What about Manchester and Essex? Do, does Manchester and Essex High School have um, that? They're not participating in this particular program, Positive yeah. Alternatives to Suspension. Um, and as I said, we will be participating over the second half of this year. Um, right. Chris Cobbs, our dean of students, as, who was actually part of helping design it in the first place, is um, looping back in um, because of this need that we have, yeah. and um, there's some financial costs to it. But we, you know, we, we know this is really important. Yeah. So it's a priority. So when you have a priority, you're willing to find the funds to make it happen. It seems like such an important thing to to have because suspension is uh, such a, a threat and it's such a disciplinary um, uh, uh, policy that's been around forever. It seems it still exists. But Amy. How do you see these diversion programs working overall? And I know that you, you worked in Winthrop um, with uh, specifically vaping students. Yeah. Tell me about your experience. Um, I think that the the beauty, you know, just to basically speak with the same kind of points, is that the beauty of diversion program is really getting at um, helping young people. And so... You know, when you talk about a police officer encountering a kid on a beach who doesn't want to give him a record, or you have, you know, a teacher who doesn't want a kid to miss too much school, 
for suspension or something. You have these people who are kind of reluctant to put consequences mm -hmm. on these actions, and then you're really missing an opportunity to for treatment or for intervention or for building protective factors even. So, um, and I know you mentioned, um, you know, kids not having, having trouble getting through a class, right? We know that these kids are addicted. And so telling them they're not allowed to vape is like telling someone they're not allowed to smoke cigarettes that's addicted to cigarettes. This is a very addictive substance. You're not gonna tell them that they can't do it and have them stop doing it. I've seen kids give up sports. I've seen mm -hmm. kids give stuff up for this. They're losing money. It's addictive. And so really looking at how can we support that young person to recover from that addiction. Um, and, and part of vaping right now is that we don't have the same kinds of resources as we have for adults. Mm -hmm. The FDA has not approved the gum and the patch for young people. So we need to really focus on other ways to try to help them quit. And um, there is one new initiative. You can go to the Gloucester um, Facebook page and see the Gloucester Health Department's Facebook page. And you'll see, I, we put a link to it. Um, and it's a based on texting, you use your phone, it's an app, um, and you can anonymously get help um, with quitting, which is one option. But really, when you have a program like Diversion, you can really break apart, you know, why are you smoking? What happened? What, you know, you can really get to the root. And yeah. most, most addiction, most, you know, self-medication is all about something else going on. Mm -hmm. So really getting to that base yeah. of like, what's happening mental health-wise? What's happening trauma-wise? What's happening? Mm -hmm. What's happening, you know? Yeah, what's and happening really getting to that, that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Vanessa, what, what are you seeing um, with students? I know you said that there, you know that students are addicted, but how challenging is it, do you think, when, when you rely so much on your friend group in high school, that what do you see the challenges of getting that information to a friend? Um, I think vaping, um, most people at like start of it just think it's fun and then they become addicted. And it's hard, hard to get them to go off of it. And suspension, I don't believe, like, works. I just think they can go out and get another one. If they're addicted, that's what they're going to do. And I think the program would definitely benefit kids to stop. Yeah, we're in that really important time where we know mm -hmm. that there's an issue. I mean, we've seen the spike. It's a pu public health epidemic right now for young people. And everyone's tried so hard over the last, what, five decades to eradicate smoking. It was like 14% in the United States, I think, of people who smoke combustible you know, cigarettes yeah. and, and uh, the reduction in nicotine and all the gains mm -hmm. in public health. And now, as a parent, I'm, I'm worried. You know, I've told my, my boys, you know, no cigarettes. And you know, I've had people in my family die of lung cancer uh, related to cigarette. Uh, smoking and so they know that whole story but yet this turnaround because of a technology that's really been um you know smoking has been technologized mm -hmm. if that's a word and you well know? marketed and and the marketing mm -hmm. um it's a scary time sure. mm -hmm. it's yeah. a scary time yeah. for our youth yeah. it's a scary time for their future and when you come into a bathroom full of kids that are saying, try it, try it, try it, it's hard to make the excuse not to, to be honest. They just are living in the moment. They don't understand the harmful effects it will have on their future. Right. Yeah. And I think we will, as you're saying, this, important, this is a really important time. And I hope that's one thing people take away 
you know, who are watching this program and, and listening to this is how important any, you know, kind of interventions are for, you know, parents or, you know, sort of checking their, um, you, know, um, you know, what's plugged into the computer. Does it look like something more than a conventional uh, thumb drive, right? Ha having conversations really open, you know, I, I have a ninth, ninth grader at Gloucester High School and we have very open conversations about, you know, the uh, vaping and, you know, what's mm -hmm. happening and, and I spend a lot of time listening as a parent as well. But what we all do at this moment, we will look back at this moment and, and, and you know, uh, want to say we, we were doing the right thing and we were, we were intervening in the right, in, in, in ways and we were learning because things are developing at the same time. But we will definitely, you know, 10 years time or five years time be looking back at this moment and seeing like, you know, what did we do and, yeah. and, and how did we try to band together to, um, you know, help, help young people out and not become yeah. addicted or uh, get treatment when they are addicted. Parents play such an important role. And uh, honestly, I was totally blindsided by the whole vaping mm -hmm. thing. I didn't understand it. And then I started, I mean, this is a couple of years ago, but then I thought, what is this? Yeah. And what's happening? And what do they look like? And uh, then I, you know, you freak out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm very like, oh my God. Um, yeah. You know, you freak out, you do your research. And then you have the conversation and you try not to be accusatory, but you're like, are you doing this? Um, but it, it's, it's, it's a difficult, parents are in a difficult place because we don't have that experience. I mean, we might have an experience with smoking cigarettes, um, but we don't really have that experience of the nicotine pods and, and, you know, jewels and it's flavors a, and flavors candy. Yeah. and uh, and what and the flavors are and the size of it. It's very easy to and the size of it hide. And right. it's so, it doesn't smell. Yeah, it's, it's, it's totally so different. So how can parents um, you just gave some really good tips on parents, but like, well, how else can parents get involved with this in a way that can help a child? Because we don't want our children to be addicted to anything. I think the, the conversations is really important. I think open conversations, um, you know, as free of judgment as possible. Right. Like, I know this is happening. I know you're seeing it. You know, what's that like for you? You know? Yeah. I found um, car rides are good places. Yes, yeah. yes. Sure. What do you ride. think? Yeah, what do you think? I yes. definitely think kids that are addicted would be too scared to tell their parents because... Mm -hmm. They're gonna get in trouble, mm -hmm. and kids that really want help, they sh they should have a place to go to mm -hmm. have like an open conversation and get help if they really want it. Where do you think that that's the best place to have that conversation? Um, I really think that that program would help mm -hmm. students that want help. And so, would would a diversion program like that would only be for students who are suspended? Yeah. Would you broaden it out to uh, Gloucester High School students in general so that they could? have a place to come and yeah, and yeah. get help. I, I think it's, it's interesting what you're saying, Vanessa, because I also would think about, you know, the, the you know, the student-based health center, for example. I don't yeah. know, you know, that's the place, you know, the ability for all students who, you know, yeah. the student-based health center sort of has the feeling of not being really the school, right? Mm -hmm. They're in our school, but they're not yeah. teachers exactly yeah. and that sort of thing. But it's definitely something for us to, you know, sort of consider is how to, um, you know, opportunities for students to listen because as much as students do um, you know we build relationships as teachers and administrators we know there's always that sense that we're also the people who you know have consequences right. and, and those sorts of things authority. so what are the other places um, you know so there's their counselors there's a student-based health center but that's definitely something that 
um, you know, I'll think about after okay. today. Thank you. Great, great. And also not being judged, right? I think we all don't yeah. want to be judged. We want to have that uh, that neutral place where we can go and get help, mm. maybe without other people knowing if we know that we have mm. an issue. Well, thank you so much, Amy Epstein, Vanessa Lenquata, and James Cook, for coming on KPN Report and talking about this very important issue. Hope to have you back again. Until the next time on KPN Report, take care. <laughs>